every book is sort of a living, breathing thing. Uh, it's organic. In fact, they never die. You, you may finish the book, but the book's in your head. You're always thinking about it. Um, you're always thinking about the people because you figure out more and more and more about them as you go on. These are like big puzzles. Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of Outside the Looking Glass. If you're a regular listener, this series will probably wrap up after six segments in terms of a weekly installment, but don't forget about us because there will likely be intermittent episodes in the future. Today, though, we have legendary sports writer Roland Lazenby, author of over 70 books, to speak on his experiences writing his immensely popular biopic of Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, The Life. This episode will be a little different. I'm going to step away and simply let him speak in installments of both reflection and advice. So without further ado, we present episode five, musings from Roland Lazenby on both life and Michael Jordan, the life. I started out with a good look at Jordan, just an overview of who he was. I tried to look for some emotional element. And so I had all these complex things. Yeah, I'm writing about basketball. But I'm really, uh, I'm also writing about the competitive mind. Uh, a lot of people playing the game, you don't see it, but they, they, for one level or another, they have a lot of anger. Other people summon other emotions when they compete. Um, but anger always works. Competition's a very emotional thing, and the psychological study of these great competitors is sort of um, interesting to me. And uh, fatherly disapproval, a couple of things are big in, in families and personality and when you start getting into things. One of them's fatherly disapproval. And it doesn't take a lot, it doesn't, you know, Jordan's father disapproved of him. By the time Michael was 12 years old, his father was in love with him because he's hitting home runs and playing baseball, doing all this stuff. But that's not where the hard wiring came. The hard wiring came when he was a little kid up through about, you know, 10, 11. And his father was challenging everything about him, you know, and was disapproving of all of it. And so even though they loved each other very much, Michael was sort of playing every night like he was yelling at his old man, what do you think of me now? You know, I didn't understand my own life until I wrote this book. I mean, I had clues to it, and, but it really never just came into clarity for me. That's why I said these things are very organic. A writing career is uh, an organic thing. Uh, it's always very challenging. I, uh, when I was 23, I was a varsity high school head coach. I'd been a high school wrestling coach and I was diagnosed with a brain aneurysm. Wow. Um, and spent 10 days in the hospital and was told to make my final plans that there was a 30% mortality rate on the first bleed. So they discharged me and uh, I came home and uh, I'd sort of been through the ringer and I said, well, I, you know, I've got to find out. So I went and ran five miles and everything was all right. So I um, 
I decided what I wanted to do with my life. And as good a start as I had uh, in teaching and coaching, uh, I wanted to be a writer. I had a championship wrestling team. And so that was news. And um, so I had a couple of wrestlers that looked like they could go to college and wrestle. So I wrote articles on them and the local weekly published them. And then the local weekly hired me to do some more. And uh, that summer I, I was doing some articles for them and the sports editor quit. And I got hired at $2.70 an hour. Um, three years later, I started my first book. I was uh, working as a full-time newspaper reporter for a big daily in our region here in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. And uh, they, they paid for me to get a scholarship. They paid half and the university uh, in their writing program. And my writing professor, I was getting a master's in writing. And the writing professor, while I was working full-time as a reporter, and the first day in class, the writing professor said, if you want to be a writer, you should write a book. I, it was only when my father got brain cancer that I really decided to, I started playing basketball. He, I love football, he loved basketball. And he got brain cancer and it took him a good while to die, about eight months. And, I just, I'd always played pickup and I played a little bit through about eighth grade, but I, I just started playing religiously, you know, four or five days a week. I was obsessed with it. And after he died, that's really when it happened. And he died right before I went into grad school. And so uh, coming out of that, the first book, I made a list that when a professor said you ought to write a book, I made a list of about 15, because I'm a big believer in divergent thinking. I, I use it in every phase of my writing process. If, I, if I'm doing interviews, I'll make a long list of questions, and then I'll cut out a bunch and structure the interview. If I'm doing a, a chapter, I'll make a long list of elements. If I'm, uh, yeah, if I'm, if I'm doing the outline, I'll make all the potential list of elements for elements for a book and sort of then pick from the list. I won't worry about anything. And it frees your mind up. And so um, he died. And there I was in grad school. And I said, I need to write a book. I was 28, 29 by then. And I, uh, item number seven on the list did the trick. It was a basketball book. The others weren't. You know, I ended up writing, I don't know, 70 some. So, you know, it was never anything I ever planned on. I never even really thought what a uh, driven person I am. I, I, I've had some people just out of the blue remark about it, and that has always shocked me. Uh, I, I don't know where that came from. I guess that same war that Jordan had with his old man. And I love my father dearly. And uh, he loved me. He did not approve of me, but he loved me. Um, you get locked into your lane where you, you're comfortable proving your self-worth if you're coming out of a relationship like that. I, 
each each little section of a, a book like that is like a feature and uh, it's got sort of a circular structure of its own you, you want to start it with something that I, I i call it punching from the bell you don't want to dance around with it ah, you want to hit you want to hit that reader right in a kisser with something to think about the other thing is you got to sort of write it in movements uh, the other thing I did with the structure that I sort of had these narrative beacons, these people who would come in and be the primary person telling different phases of the story. You know, you'll have these great sources, people that really sort of enjoy writing the books with you. People with a good perspective could be the narrative beacon. And you'd have all this supporting commentary from people to help illuminate. You see the same structure in TV writing. You know, they shift scenes. And a lot of writing today is, um, is based on cinema. I like to think I write like people read. The other key, I think, to good writing, and this is part of my grad school training, is to read everything out loud. It allows you to take out all the extra words. You're connecting your writer's voice to your own ear. These things are all a challenge to do. You're so worn out and exhausted and burned out. And I, I mean, that happened to me twice doing the Jordan book. It's a demoralization that comes from being too exhausted to string together a, a decent thought. You know, it's just... It's a war. It's a war trying to get projects written and into, you know, I, 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 I've done it now for years. I, I still don't know how it happens. <laughs>